Welcome to Nuance in Healthcare, a project by Nuance Communications. I'm your host, Jeff Large. On today's show, I spoke with Dr. David Zelsky, also known as Dr. Z. He is an interventional radiologist who specializes in complex cardiovascular CPT coding for physicians and hospitals around the country. We'll pick up the conversation where he provides a bit more detail on these responsibilities. I'm Dr. David Zelsky, also known as Dr. Z. I'm an interventional radiologist who specializes in complex cardiovascular CPT coding for physicians and hospitals around the country. So practically speaking, what are you responsible for? What does your day-to-day usually look like? Well, my primary responsibility is the direction of uh, my companies, the consulting, the publishing, and the software, and giving clinical and coding direction to the developers for our primary software product, uh, uh, cardiovascular CAPD. Okay. So within your space then, what kind of problems or pain points were you witnessing, say, before the pandemic? So I started doing this 20 years ago and immediately recognized that there were a lot of pain points, particularly as a physician, I found problems in my own practice where I coded my own cases with my coders, put all the correct modifiers and codes on the bill, and it turned out that it went out the door wrong. And it's like, how does that happen? It's process. There's a lot of people who touch these codes and claims on the way to the payer. And we found out that we had a thing called a scrubber, a software scrubber that uh, applies edits to codes. And when those edits get applied, somebody after the fact, without the high level of knowledge of CPT coding, might take the code off, add a modifier, delete a modifier, whatever. And the bottom line is, is that despite all our hard work on the front end, on the back end, it went out the door wrong and we weren't getting paid. We quickly recognized at the hospital level that the same issues were happening. Everybody works in silos. We have cath lab techs who are entering charges. We have coders who are reviewing reports. We have physicians responsible for documentation. And none of these people talk to each other through the process. And then it hits the the edits and the billing process through the revenue cycle. And at the end of the day, no one individual is responsible for following the CPT codes based on documentation and supported by documentation through the whole process to the bill to get to the payer to be appropriately reimbursed. And that issue we identified back in the year 2000 with hospitals. And to this date, we still see it at about 70 to 80 percent of facilities that we perform audits with. So that number just seems very high still. Is there any particular reason why we still see it around that number, around that range? I think the the biggest reason, particularly at the hospital level, is a combination of the complexity of the coding. This is probably one of the most complex areas of CPT coding. That is how hospitals are reimbursed today. And the majority of these cases are performed on an outpatient basis. And within a couple of years, there will be no such thing as inpatient-only procedure. That's a new change for 2021 that's coming up. And so... The reimbursement a lot of times is based on the CPT codes. The CPT codes have continuous change and continuous rules. There are not only CPT codes, but there are Hicks-Picks Level 2 codes that come into play where one day you may have a particular code that you're used to charging and billing, and then on July 1st or uh, January 1st, the code changes to a totally different code, and trying to keep up with that, keeping up with your charge master is difficult. And then people at hospitals tend to be very siloed. 
They even are in physician practices to some degree, but more so at the hospital level. And when everybody is doing their individual jobs and passing it on to the next person without a single point of accountability or a single process to make sure that it gets out the door correctly, the errors happen. And just basically multi-billion dollar organizations change slowly. And a lot of them don't even know this is happening. And once they're aware of it, it's a multi-year process to make some of these changes. Yeah. And then on top of that, the, the second part of this is how have you seen these problems compound since we've been dealing with the pandemic? Well, probably some of the biggest issues with the pandemic is that elective procedures were shut down. And so they were dealing with COVID. And of course, I'm cardiovascular. I'm specialist in cardiovascular procedures, complex peripheral and neurointerventional type procedures. And those procedures, for the most part, were canceled unless it was an acute MI or something emergent. And so the cath lab volumes dropped as much as 60 to 70 percent across the country. And when you have just a few types of procedures actually being performed, your level of expertise can potentially drop. A lot of hospitals lost a ton of money during COVID because of the absence of elective procedures. And so there were, was a lot of furloughing that happened, and a lot of coders were probably laid off, possibly temporarily. But when somebody's unemployed, they look for work elsewhere, and maybe they took other jobs. And so a lot of hospitals have probably lost some of their expertise that they had in the past. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but that's certainly a potential issue. And when you're not coding complex procedures on an ongoing basis, your expertise tends to drop a little bit if you haven't coded a complex peripheral case for six months, and then you got to all of a sudden start getting back into it. Now that we're starting to return to a little bit more of a normal number of elective procedures, there could be a little rustiness that happens. And of course, there are a whole bunch of new codes. For instance, the lithoplasty uh, Hicks level two codes that came out in July of 2020. So significant changes that if you're not on top of it, you would miss those and potentially have compliance issues as well as reimbursement issues. Yeah, I think you've clearly laid out a lot of the problems and, and kind of pains that we're facing. And so now really the key question from your point of view and, and with the work you've done, how do we even begin to approach recovery? How can hospitals and physicians start to get a handle on these things and improve, especially amidst with what everybody's dealing with regarding COVID, the pandemic, et cetera? Yeah, I think, you know, everybody's focused on COVID, but I think with, from a cardiology perspective and from, from a perspective of what we've really tried to train and educate physicians and facility coders and uh, process-wise over the past 20 years is really sit down and make sure your documentation is improved and complete and that it is not just for CPT coding. It, obviously, coders like the documentation that's required for CPT coding, but Physicians like the documentation for clinical reasons for taking care of the patient. But the bottom line is, is that when you have lost so much revenue and you have to be compliant, you have to have documentation to support the codes to ask for reimbursement. Because if you get audited and the documentation doesn't support a code, then you get into the compliance issues with the different Department of Justices and OIG, et cetera. So now is really a time to focus on making sure that your documentation supports your codes that you're going to submit for both hospital and physician. We've talked about it for years, but now is really the time to focus on it because in the past when you were super busy and you were cranking out tons of cases, a lot of times the coders 
might query you, but they might not get a response. So they just take that CPT code off and you just don't get paid for it. But people don't worry about it because I'm so busy. I've got so much going on that missing a few codes here or there aren't going to be a problem. I think now it's definitely clear that you want to get paid for every procedure that you are done appropriately in compliance. And the worst thing is to be out of compliance because your documentation doesn't support something and then you have to pay penalties. So really trying to focus on the physician documentation aspect to match the CPT codes that go out the door. Mm -hmm. Is there any practical or immediate like next steps or tips that you could offer the listener on how to begin to do that better? I would say education, education, education. Opening lines with the physicians and the technologists and the coders and making sure those lines are always open. One of the big issues with COVID is that everybody has been planted at their house. And so remote coding is pretty much the standard now. So the coders hope to communicate with the physicians through some sort of email system or some sort of process to get their attention, it doesn't always work so well. When we were on site in the hospitals, it was, you could walk down the hallway and talk to the doctor or grab them and and ask them a question about something. Those days, at least for the foreseeable future, are pretty much gone because everybody's working remote. And so opening up the lines of communication to be effective, I would say is really important. It's amazing how many times I talk to coders and and they're like, yeah, we query the physician all the time and we just don't get a response. And then I ask the same physicians that they were supposedly querying and the physicians will say, yeah, I never get a query from these coders. Uh, I know stuff is wrong, but I never get queried. So there's some sort of a disconnect along those lines of communication is all I'd say and, and how you can improve that to make sure that, you know, the coders know what needs to be documented. The physicians a lot of times don't when it comes to coding. They understand the clinical, but not the coding aspects that need documentation. And it's all about keeping us out of trouble because the penalties are a lot worse than missing a few dollars. And so coders are always going to err on the the conservative side and not code something if they don't get a response. Yet the doctors are saying they're not even hearing about it. So again, I think uh, somehow opening those lines of communications to be effective would be a good starting point. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And so it sounds like with perhaps some of this extra time that we had of like you said, uh, continuing to research and, and get educated, but then also making sure that your team has processes and systems in place so we don't miss that type of communication or those kinds of needed exchanges. Is that what I'm hearing? Absolutely. And it's interesting that several of my colleagues, when COVID hit, a lot of physicians were actually furloughed. And it's like you would think a doctor would never be furloughed, but if the volume drops 50 or 60 percent, there's not enough work to go around, you know, A lot of times it was the older guys who, like, didn't mind taking a little extra time off. But there are some people, you know, physician-wise who have either lost their jobs or have moved on to a different location or have been put off for several months. So the reality is the time was there to do it, and uh, hopefully people took advantage of it. All right. Well, excellent. Dr. Z, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, you bet. Glad to talk to you. Thanks again. Thank you for listening to Nuance in Healthcare. To realize your improved revenue, visit nuance.com forward slash revenue.